Hey, how's it going? Hey. How you doing? Good. Look at you looking all non-farmer. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's what we like to call non-farm clothes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What are you drinking there? Mm, really hot tea. I made a, um, it's like a uh, red tea based lavender evening time. Nice. I don't know. Yeah, um, it's good. Have you made any tea from that hibiscus you guys are growing out there? Uh, not from the one, the stuff we're growing, but uh, made it out of stuff that Jenny and I have grown at home, which is That's cool. Great. Yeah. I always thought hibiscus came from like that hibiscus flower you see everywhere. That's yeah. Not the same plant, is it? It's not. Um, I don't know the specifics, like how closely they're related, but it's a cousin of some kind. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. That was cool. Yeah, the calyxes are what you harvest. It's really, the harvest is really cool. I hope you guys are around to see it. Uh, yeah. in the fall. It'll be, it's a while though. Like we got them in the ground in March and we'll, we'll pick the calyxes and then wait for them to dry like another three weeks and then it'll be like the beginning of November. Really? Wow. Yeah, they're in the ground for a really long time. Yeah. What is the calyx? What's that? So it's like it, it blooms and then it produces its seed and then it's this uh, like pod. It looks like the spiky red maroon pod. And then you, you peel that off from the, the immature seeds instead of letting it dry. Um, toss the seeds and then keep the, the peeled part and dry that. Yeah. Oh, crazy. Yeah, that's good. Oh, here we go. For, for blood pressure, I hear. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, well, do you want to start? I know it's not six, but. Uh, we're here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know. I was on here. I'm at our, we have like a little space we rent out on uh, downtown. I was like, well, let me make sure everything's working. But, yeah. Is that where you are? Downtown now? Yeah. yeah. Cool. What about you? Where are you? I'm in, I'm at the admin offices because my house, the Wi-Fi goes like in and out. Yeah. It was a good excuse to come down here. Is that over on uh, Yanceyville? Yeah, the curb market. We have an office at the curb market. That's great. <laughs> we're like we're like probably what a mile from each other. <laughs> that's crazy. Oh, that's funny. Technology, it's the future. Um, I didn't know where I was gonna be if I was gonna be home or here or what. So that's why totally. Like, we'll just do video. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this okay. is good. Yeah. All right, we'll, we'll do an official start here. Cool. Um. You say your last name, Amendi? Amendi, like you're saying the letters M-N-D. M-N-D, okay. All right. So everybody, we have Lily, M-N-D, <laughs> say that right, with yeah. us today. She works at um, Out of the Garden as the, uh, what do you call your position, like lead? I'm the farm manager. Farm manager, okay. Yeah. Good. And um, I've been volunteering out there some, and it's been mm -hmm. awesome experience and uh, just been getting to know Lily and some other people working there. And so I just wanted to have this time to kind of uh, learn a little bit more about what she does and share with you guys kind of the whole Out of the Garden project and kind of mm -hmm. Lily's history and everything. So that's a, that's a bunch to share, and <laughs> we'll try and keep it <laughs> in a reasonable amount of time. But um, yeah, yeah, I'll do my best there. Yeah, I can be long uh, it's totally fine. 
Um, so Lily, I guess like if you just kind of start out, like what's your history? Where did you come from? Um, yeah, yeah that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, the basics. So I, uh, was born in Indiana, spent about a year there. And then for the rest of my childhood grew up in Greensboro. Um, I, I knew this place through like the sports teams I was on and Grimsley high school, go Whirlies, whatever that is. And, um, <laughs> did just, you play uh, sports? I did, yeah, basketball. Okay. Yeah, it was great. I was, you know, an all-star, but I chose not to go too professional, just keeping it. (laughs) 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 But it was great, and that was kind of my window into my network and my world was through this, you know, relatively urban high school um, growing up pretty close to downtown Greensboro. And then I went to NC State for nothing to do with agriculture. Uh, I, I got a degree in um, science, technology, and society with a concentration in environmental ethics, an outdoor uh, or an outdoor leadership minor. Wow. And that took me into uh, leading youth and backpacking trips and whitewater rafting trips and um, a lot of youth leadership while living in the living in the woods. And we'd partner with national parks. And uh, that took me up to New Hampshire and Alaska. And um, all of that was kind of rolling into this very informal education career which I loved and enjoyed and I think really understood the uh, importance uh, and the the great importance of connecting and reconnecting kids to the land. Um, I mean, I I saw so many somewhat broken and angry teenagers find peace uh, just by being outside long enough. So you working with kind of like at-risk youth kind of thing? At times, and often it wasn't. Often it was just, you know, kids growing up in the city who didn't yeah. have that connection. You know, day one, they were scared of everything around them, and day 30, they were at home and at peace uh, in, a, wow. in a really profound way. I mean, kids are so flexible. You know, right, they can, yeah. They can learn and change so quickly. Um, but I, I shifted out of I, – I came back to Greensboro – six, seven years ago, uh, started working for the Children's Museum here and the Edible Schoolyard because I was really fascinated by that whole concept of food education. Um, and, and, and I love food. I've always loved eating and I like cooking. And uh, when you start growing food, you, you realize you have this abundance in front of you. And you're like, well, I better figure out what to do with it. Um, right. Yeah. And so the food education piece came into it. And then about five years into that, I was just, I had this itch for production farming. Um, and maybe it was some part of being at NC State, like planted a seed in my mind. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I ended up going um, to work on a farm outside of Charlottesville, Virginia, uh, Free Union Grass Farm. And it was a rotationally grazed livestock farm. They're a really cool operation. Um, shout out to Joel and Erica. Hey, y'all. <laughs> and I uh, worked the market and just was, you know, was living on the farm. It, just, it was a deep dive. Came back here to Greensboro, worked on two other farms, uh, PTB and Mighty Tendril this past year, and then um, was looking to buy my own land and start my own farm. Uh, and then, lo and behold, Facebook uh got me, I was tagged really? in this job description yeah. for the urban teaching farm. And I was like, what's that? I'm not looking for a job, but I'm just curious. Yeah. And here we are. Cool. Yeah. So did you start out as a, far- you got hired to be a farm manager without of the garden? Yeah. yeah. I got hired to be a farm manager. So this is 
this is a really unique project uh, and I can give you a little like summary if now's a good time. Sure, yeah, yeah. So the Urban Teaching Farm uh, is a one acre, hopefully a little bit more next year, uh, production farm that is in the Warnersville neighborhood. Uh, it's like a mile south of downtown Greensboro. It is um, Probably on the- people don't know where it is. Like, yeah. Uh, like basically it's 220 right before you get to the bridge, right? That's right. like off to right. the right. Like that's, that's what most people know. Yeah. And it's, it's hard to access the neighborhood. Oh yeah. Uh, because of the history of the neighborhood. I mean, this, the, the neighborhood has this uh, like traumatizing and beautiful and uh, really rich history in that it was founded in uh, 1867, two years after Civil War ends, first intentional African-American community. Uh, here in, in this area, uh, 30, 30 acres originally. It was bought by Yardley Warner, hence Warnersville. Okay. And they parceled it up and sold it to recently freed enslaved people. And for the next 100 years, there was like business growth and lawyers and dentists pop up and, um, you know, schools and churches and community centers and like really strong community. Ash Street was the downtown street. Like the, it was all connected to downtown Greensboro. 1960s urban renewal comes in and this is the the point of the beginning of the story is that when they came in they rerouted the neighborhood not only did they knocked down all the buildings but rerouted the neighborhoods at freeman mill gate city boulevard um it's it's actually the first time i drove to the property to see it when i was like part of the interview i had to take like six turns to get into the neighborhood yeah it's it, not easy to find yeah that connection yeah it's so interesting but it's it's like right in our backyard so Drive by, everybody. Prince of Peace Lutheran Church. That's that's the address. They, they have that sign out there on 220. Yeah. If you look for it, you see it. But yeah. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, our, our goal with the Urban Teaching Farm is to develop a model that can be replicable in other food desert areas around Greensboro and other, and other neighborhoods that have history and have assets and have um, charisma and are just lacking like the platform to stand on the resource um, to connect to. And if we can come in, I mean, out of the garden project is all about feeding kids and their families. Um, you know, if a kid's hungry, the family's hungry too. And it's a systemic issue. It's not just about that one meal. So another way to address that hunger is to get excited about food through yeah. farming. Um, and that's, it's been so amazing having all these volunteers out driven your whole family have been awesome volunteers. Oh, thank you. I think you're our longest standing. Are we? <laughs> yeah. At this point. Yeah. Awesome. We're going to keep that record going. <laughs> That's right. I love it. <laughs> That's good. Um, so the teaching aspect of it, what, what's your goal in who do you want to teach? Like, are you wanting to teach more of the people in the neighborhood? Just anybody that wants to learn farming? What, what's your thoughts there? Yes, both. Okay. Um, so the, the, the goal, the long-term goal is to stick around, um, and then to do the teaching part. So step one in my mind is making sure that this project can be sustainable and it's not just a two-year grant funded project that comes and goes. Um, that's not what this neighborhood needs. It's not useful in the long run. Right. It's a lot of work for not a lot of payoff and, you know, we want to stick around. So my my immediate focus is just making sure that we can grow enough food, we can find our markets, we can find our, our wholesale outlets, um, we can find enough CSA members, which 
that aspect has been great so far to make enough money to cover our costs cover our costs we can exist year after year and then we can start building some of the programming the teaching programming into the model currently we're doing a lot of teaching though through volunteer work um, yeah volunteers like you who come in we have uh paid summer internships we have high schoolers and college students who need to get hours for classes we partner with a and um, and we work directly with a few of those professors at the ANT to kind of like feed students into the farm from specific classes that kind of work into the curriculum. We have a lot of developed relationships with local universities that I think those are really rich teaching opportunities because they're learning it in class, uh, coming to the farm just to get their hours done, but it's incredibly applicable to what they're studying. Um, so that's been really good, but we have huge dreams for classes that we teach. Oh, that's um, awesome. Okay. Yeah. It's, so it's just getting be started. Yeah. Yeah. We, we just broke ground in November. So it really right. is fresh. Not even a year then. Yeah. No. Crazy. You guys <laughs> yeah. have to come out and see it because it's amazing what they've done yeah. since November. I mean, it, yeah. it is, it's a lot. I mean, anybody that farms and a lot of our audience are farmer people. Cool. You know, it takes a ton to do that, um, to make all that happen. One of my yeah. favorite volunteers, like talking about teaching, was that one kid that showed up the one time, and you're like, "So, what brings you here?" And he's like, "My mom dropped me off." <laughs> I, like, I had to be. Like, yeah. Work outside? No. Okay. Yeah. Great. We accept all. Like, yeah. all are welcome. He had a great attitude for the most part. Yeah. I mean, for yeah, I mean, he his worked. Mom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah so I like that little call out. That's good. So yeah, what, do you, what do you see your, um, your biggest obstacle moving forward being? Mm, your biggest obstacle. Um, in the next, I would say our biggest obstacle for our next year of growth uh, is, is capacity building. So <clears throat> I work 25 hours a week. Zach, uh, who also manages the space with me, he's our shared use kitchen coordinator, which is a really cool project that Out of the Garden Project does uh, in collaboration with Farmers Market and uh, Ag Extension. Um, but he works some of his hours at the farm, and then we have a couple of paid interns, and then we have lots of wonderful volunteers that, um, but as with all volunteer labor, like it, it needs to be a rich rewarding experience for them, and it's a donated time, and sure. I'm never gonna rely on that labor. Um, it just doesn't feel ethical to do that. But uh, we need to be able to, currently the numbers we're playing with are 50 CSA members um, covering about 75 to 80% of our uh, income. And then the rest of that being covered with farmers markets uh, and finding some wholesale outlets um, with like the local farm table restaurants. Uh, we've talked, we're starting to make contacts with some chefs who are excited about using this hyper-local nonprofit farm produce that is good. And we are at the scale where it's like, if you there's a product you can't find, we would love to plan with you and grow that for you. Yeah. Um, we'll give some to our CSA members and the rest goes to you. And it's a, I think it's a fun, like start to finish kind of project for some of the, the interns we're working with too. They can see that relationship develop, that whole planning process. Um, but anyway, I think the greatest challenge is going to be figuring out how to make our systems so efficient that uh, our time can be spent on building that capacity so that we can be sustainable. 
I think it's doable. I think it's very doable. Otherwise, I, I wouldn't be involved in this project. Right. But yeah, it's it's going to take a, you know, a, a, a community effort, which is what we're all about. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I love the idea of it. So basically, like you're saying, like being able to increase the amount of labor you have or just the more efficiency of the labor? The latter. I mean, it's both. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm... I don't want the job to rely on me working 25 hours a week, but actually working more. Yeah. Um, I want it to be sustainable for all the people who work there. You know, it doesn't burn you out. Like we can actually make enough money. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's systems building, uh, making sure they're really efficient and like infrastructure building this year, while we've been doing our first year of CSA for 30 members, uh, our harvest box, we call it. Um, while we've been doing that, we've been, you know, building our wash house, building our outdoor kitchen, like finishing building fields and, uh, you know, correcting our, our hoop house early mistakes and <laughs> doing the things that, you know, in theory would have done before we started the season, but we just, we got the ball rolling. Um, but now that we've done them next year, we don't have to do those larger scale projects. And we, we kind of have a formula to work with. Uh, we're making some modifications on how many tomatoes we grow. That's for sure. Really, <laughs> what you grew too many this year <laughs> too many with browning and tomatoes i mean it's, it's beautiful yeah but like we're at week 10 right now and it's a lot it's yeah a lot. that's yeah. kind of the the plague of tomatoes though right i mean yeah that's yeah that's that's why they have tomato sauce <laughs> that's right so um what do you what do you think like next year's plans are like versus this year like do you want next year to be able to go to the 50 csa yeah. Or, yeah yeah that's the plan and we certainly we've we've kind of proved to ourselves we have the space uh in our fields for that yeah um, and we now that we've kind of worked with our oh today oh big thing happened today we got um an official on farm cooler oh that's awesome yeah Tomsek during the week is you know, spending hours transporting to our massive warehouse that we use for the rest of the Allegarden Project produce. Um, but it's 20 minutes away each way. And we, we harvest three times a week, sometimes wow. four. And so that is gone. And now we have um, a trailer that we converted with the CoolBot uh, system. And it's great. It's functioning. We're all very happy about it. Oh, that is yeah. super cool. So yeah. I was like, yeah. so out with Out of the Garden, like, um, so it's the teaching farm, but then like for people that don't know, there's a kind of like a ton more and I'm not even sure that I know yeah. the aspect to it. Like I've done the trucks like at the school where you like unload these massive like Costco boxes of food into everybody's yeah. and like when we were on the truck, there were like these little baggies of produce. I'm assuming that came from the farm. Is that right? No. So that, um, so what, so the larger, I'd say like the, bulk of the work, meaning the, the hours spent and the weight, like the actual bulk of the work out of the garden project does is we uh, have the infrastructure to collect food that for one reason or another can't be sold, but it's totally good. Yeah. Um, and we collect it, we can refrigerate it. We have 800 volunteers that come to our warehouse uh, every month um, and they sort and repack. Uh, we have donated bread and fresh produce and meat and dairy products and canned goods and the full spectrum. Yeah. Um, that's all sorted. That goes into 
refrigerated trucks that drive into communities that often don't have the vehicle access to get out to our warehouse. So we're able to do all those steps for them. Uh, we, we come to these drop-off sites once a month. There are, I think, a, a little over 20 that we do every single month. Oh, wow. Like, I didn't realize there was that many. Yeah, there's this whole other side of the organization that... Yeah. Is it just know, in Greensboro or is it all over? It's Greensboro, High Point. We kind of spread out outside of the Greensboro tight bubble. Um, okay. But not, we want to, want to feed the families in our community first. Yeah. Uh, and it's, there's a huge need. We've been around for 10 years. It's our 10th year this year um, and are really growing a lot in what we're able to do. And I think, I think what I'm, I'm so um, proud of that we do and I, I'm new to it. So I'm like, you know, still feeling all excited, but right. yeah. I, I'm, I'm so proud of how we were able to move really quickly. We're a really small crew that all really believe in this work. And so when an opportunity pops up, we're able to, jump on it um it's nice to see that in a nonprofit. it's oh, not always how it works yeah I, I mean honestly that's been like i kind of had this mission of like all right i'm gonna find something this year and yeah. rode to a few nonprofits, and they were kind of like took forever to get back or weren't really <laughs> interested in like volunteer work you know i'm like i want to help like how can i help you know and or you would show up at a volunteer place and it, it was kind of like you were more in the way then really, you know, like there just wasn't anybody to like give you directions. And yeah. that's what like really impressed me about your place. Like the farm is like, I got there and you're like, okay, go do this. I need you to do that. You know, like, and everybody, <laughs> I need you to. It's good. yeah, I mean, you know, everybody there, you, it's like, they have a clear direction. They're all working. And it's like, yeah. when you volunteer, that's really what you want. You know I mean? You yeah, don't want to feel, yeah. You don't want to feel like you're in the way and I mean, it is your time. Like you want to, you want to feel like you matter. So I mean, yeah. that's all like across the board with out of the garden. It's felt that way. Even when we showed up at the truck, you know, um, that's so good. They, we had like all of our, you know, you've seen our family. We had all the kids there, and like <laughs> they gave everybody jobs. And I mean, it, it's it's super cool. I, I don't know how you guys pulled that off, but yeah, that's really impressive. Well, we, we have uh, some folks who've been around for a really long time, and I think just. There are people working for us now who uh, used our services and felt the value of that and wanted to give back. And there are folks who are working uh, who have never experienced the that need of, of the hunger in the way that um, the clients that we serve, but you know, know how valuable it is. And it's, it's just, you know, it's empathy. It's about caring for other people um, and having so many volunteers who have, a really important thing, a job to do, whether it's repackaging food or, um, you know, planting lettuce transplants like we did today. It, it just feels so good if you can do that and have fun and yeah. build community and network. I mean, there are so many people who've made really good friends because they've, they've volunteered with someone regularly long enough. They're like, okay, we should get to know each other. Right. Yeah. There's like a Wednesday night crew at the warehouse. That's always been out like years. They've been out there. That's pretty cool. Just, you know, giving back and socializing can all happen at the same time. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, I, I, I've been having a great time. I'm glad That's you have. It's kind of funny because my kids, like, they, um, they're, they always, like, you know, when you see, like, the homeless person on the corner, like, they've always been like, stop, give them water, give them snacks. And, like, for a long time, we carried snacks and water in the back of the car for that. 
but yeah. now they're like, okay, we got to go to the farm so we can help poor people. Like that's their that's their new like laser focus. They can only focus at one thing at a time like that. But <laughs> it's really yeah. it's pretty fun. Um, yeah, and, and hopefully help them too. You know, it's oh, yeah. I, there are so many people who volunteered in the space, and this is, you know, I'm I'm there on my off hours half the time because I I'm just at peace there. And people who yeah. just said that. You know, they're going through a lot, but it was really helpful to just be at the farm, be working on a task, like that physical repetitive work and being yeah. outside feels so good. Oh yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. You um, <laughs> do you know, do you know the stats on, I was just talking to somebody the other day about, I was telling about out of the garden, like yeah. um, the like hunger stats, like what was it like three years ago, we were like number one in food insecurity. Yeah, that that came out. I think it was a 2010 or 2011 survey that came out. Um, we have dropped from number one in the country uh, to I, I don't know what we are currently. Last time I checked, it was something like number nine. Um, great, uh, but it it's, it's the same number right? of yeah, uh, but it's the same number of people who are hungry. Is it really? Yeah, it's different. Yeah. So the, the need is still great. Um, you know, it's, it's a systemic issue. It's not just about, uh, it's not all just, it's not just about there not being enough food out there. There's enough food out there. It's about access. Um, and that access is often not distributed equally. Um, and the reason like, so, so if any of your viewers don't know what a food desert is, um, we are in what's called a food desert. Uh, and, uh, uh, which some there's a movement to start calling it food apartheid because it's often like politically charged um, or like systems at a system scale. There's this disenfranchisement of people who don't have access to a vehicle. There isn't public transit that gives them access to fresh foods. Um, they're working multiple jobs, but still have are living under the poverty line and they're supporting families. And so what are you going to do when you have 35 minutes before your kids come home and you have something to eat? You're going to walk to the closest place you can walk to, which is Dollar General. Right. And, and that's, that's what you're going to eat. Um, and you know, like people know that they want to, they need to be feeding their kids fresh foods, fresh fruits and vegetables. But if you don't have access to, uh, if you don't have the infrastructure to grow it yourself or the space, like it's, that's where you're at. You're doing your best. Um, so addressing that is a, is a, is a large scale issue. And, I don't know the stats specifically right now, but it is um, just because we're not number one. I, I would discourage us to think that we're not in, in need. Still. Yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, that's what I guess I kind of see. Like, I mean, you and I have talked about this before, but like scaling the out of the garden farm, you know, the teaching yeah. farm across the city, like yeah. makes sense. And you guys have a pickup right there at the farm too, yeah. right? And on the first and third Wednesday uh, of the month, we do a produce giveaway and it's just produce. Um, it's a, it's kind of separate from the other monthly drops that we do. Uh, and it's, it's food from the warehouse. We're not at a point yet where we're giving out thousands of pounds of produce each time we do this. People are getting boxes with like 40 pounds of every vegetable you can think of that's in the grocery store currently. Um, oh yeah. I mean, when we did it, it was like the, the, every car got like the massive, like Costco size. Banana box. Like, yeah. You know, like full of stuff. Some of the cars we were like towards the end, if there was extra, we gave them like two cars or two <laughs> boxes, you know I mean? It was, it was a lot of produce. And I mean, for the most part, it was all perfectly fine. You know I mean? Yeah. It, 
like the guy running the truck was like, you know, if there's anything that doesn't look good, we'll, we'll put that in the compost pile or whatever, you know, like don't give yeah. them, don't give them bad produce. I mean, yeah. Yeah. It was pretty impressive. Yeah. It's, it's an insane scale. I would love to one day be growing all of that food to give away. Yeah. Um, but I think that goes back to like our disconnect of understanding where our food comes from and to right. produce a hundred boxes of 40 pounds of produce, you need like 30 acres, <laughs> not one, you know, or, or, or whatever the number is. I don't know. I'm, I didn't grow up in it. So that's yeah, not, I have no idea. <laughs> yeah. more than we have. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I mean, you think about like you have a surplus of tomatoes, but right. that would be nothing for that neighborhood. Like everybody no. would get one tomato or a half a yeah. tomato. You know? <laughs> that's right. Just split a tomato with your neighbor. Yeah. Abundance. That's yeah. good. Man. That's, that brings up an interesting thing. Um, a program we've been playing with and we're just trying to figure out the logistics of is like a neighborhood gleaning program. Oh, yeah. Where when we're done harvesting a row because it's, it's no longer efficient uh, to spend our time picking through all the bad cherry tomatoes, we could put up a sign that says, you have until this date to pick and harvest whatever you'd like. And then we're going to flip the bed. Um, obviously there's some teaching and education involved and like we could provide bags. Um, we collect people bring their plastic, reuse plastic bags all the time. So it'd be great for that. We just need to figure out kind of how that all those puzzle pieces would fit together. Yeah. But we're very open to creative ideas like that. And, and it, I think what I'm most excited about an idea like that is, is getting, getting neighbors to feel comfortable walking around the farm. Yeah. And they're more likely to do it other times too and explore and learn and just be a part of it. Yeah. I mean, cause it does, does that neighborhood, is that mainly who comes to that church? Or? Actually, no. Um, the church is relatively new in the community. And I think most of those folks kind of had their church already if they, if they attended. Okay. Um, it's mostly older folks and young families in Hampton homes. Okay. Um, so it's yeah a lot of single family um like 1960s 70s little brick ranches and they're really sweet homes yeah 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 um yeah that's i mean what so if someone was going to get involved with out of the garden like what are the steps where where do you see the most need i mean is it at the at the farm or just go online and kind of pick their spot yeah yeah, I would I would say two ways. The first is uh, if you just want to get a taste of what Out of the Garden Project does, go to outofthegardenproject.org. Um, there are all of our different uh, projects are listed under our programs drop-down menu, and there are volunteer opportunities for all of those. We have a sign-up genius where you can schedule, see what time slots work for you. They are sometimes Saturdays, Sundays, every day of the week, all different times. So you can generally find something that works for your schedule. Mm -hmm. And... If that's something you're interested in, I would recommend that. Um, if you have a specialized skill, like you are passionate about data entry or cold calling restaurants, you know, if you have something you're like, I think this could be valuable, give us a call. Um, call our main line. Just listen for all the extensions. Uh, I think I'm number two on there. Um, my email is farm at outofthegardenproject.org. I'm also on the website. Um, yeah, reach out. We and that's that's those have been some of the most exciting partnerships. When someone says, "I like what you do," I would like to spend three hours a week in the office uh, doing data entry for you. I'm like, yeah. great, come on by. Sure, yeah. <laughs> We'd love to have your help. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. 
yeah, check that out. Okay. Well, that's awesome. Um, yeah. Is there anything else you'd like to tell people about it before we wrap up? Or? Yeah, I'll just say that, um, you know, you had asked earlier, like, kind of who, who's the teaching for? And it really is for everyone. Um, yes, there are folks who are further disconnected from their food than others. Yes, there are people who are hungrier than others. But I think as a society, we all could uh, benefit and, and would benefit from learning more about ourselves and our own relationship with food and growing food and, um, you know, be involved. Follow us on Facebook or Instagram. A lot of ways to, to check us out and see what we're doing and, and tell somebody that word of mouth is so valuable too. Yeah. Um, if you go to a restaurant, ask the chef to, they really love the tomatoes at the urban teaching farm and they can call us. That'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great idea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we've had a lot of tomatoes from there already. They are delicious. <laughs> yeah, they're so good. Please take some. <laughs> and you guys are at the uh, local farmer's markets too, right? Yeah, so we're currently just at one farmer's market. We're actually there. Our, our interns her last night uh, working with us this summer. Oh, uh, we're going to miss her. But she's working at the Grove Street People's Market, which is in the Glenwood neighborhood. Okay. It's a really, smart, uh, really small, cute market um, that is – I really like the folks who shop there. It's like an evening, 6 to 8 p.m. on Thursdays, right on Florida Street. Um, and it's like a really strong community vibe. Uh, I, would, I would like us to explore getting into another market. Um, but currently, the way our hours and timeline works out, Saturdays would be really hard. So figuring out what would be the most uh, successful markets that aren't on Saturday morning is a little bit tricky. But yeah. we're working on it. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. All right. Well, I appreciate you being on here. Yeah. Um, thanks for having me, Joe. Yeah. And everybody, uh, make sure you check out Out of the Garden and I'll post some links down below so people can kind of follow you on all the different social media platforms and hopefully, uh, get some more volunteers out there too. Yeah. Come join us. You'll be there. Yeah. I'll be there. That's right. <laughs> Tuesdays. Feels <laughs> great. All right. All right. Well, thank you, everybody. Thanks. We'll just call that the end. Yeah. <laughs> doses yeah well that's awesome i'm excited about it i'm gonna post it on some i'll probably cut it down um, yeah just because instagram, i warned you <laughs> instagram only lets me put 10 minutes on yeah <laughs> i did yeah. this i did this interview last week with this guy that uh invented black soldier fly bins oh and yeah that dude, i remember carl from uh, yeah. the cfsa conference like four mm -hmm. years ago and i got one for the edible schoolyard because of him yeah, he's so yeah, he's super nerdy about it. And I was like, he, the original interview was like almost an hour and a half. I was like, <laughs> oh, no, we can't do this. Yeah, I was like, Carl. <laughs> I felt yeah. so bad, but I cut it down to like eight minutes. <laughs> <laughs> that was fine. Yeah, well, you've got, what, 30 minutes to cut down to 10? Yeah, well, I, were put, I put the full thing up on YouTube, so. Cool. Okay. Yeah, a lot of full on YouTube, but yeah. Yeah. How's it been going? The online presence? You've been enjoying it? Getting good feedback? I have been. It's, it's, um, I actually just hired a virtual assistant. So basically okay. now I just create, I'm going to hit stop on this. So. <laughs>